Hello, and welcome to the IMS Insights Podcast. Today, we're speaking with esteemed economist and statistical expert, Dr. Charles Cowan, about business development and innovation in a post-pandemic workplace. Dr. Cowan is the Chief Executive Officer and Co-Managing Member for the National Statistics, Finance, and Economics Consultancy, Analytic Focus. With more than 40 years of experience, Dr. Cowan is an IMS elite expert specializing in the development of financial research and its use in improving shareholder values, economic impact studies, and risk management. All right, welcome, Dr. Cowan. So great to have you here today. Thank you. It's good to see you again, Ms. Barber. Good to see you too. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. First, I wanted to talk to you about the pandemic. Um, in a lot of ways, it's really forced the hand of innovation. And companies and firms are having to look for new ways of connecting with customers, markets, new ways of driving business, just getting work done. How do you see that companies have been innovating to keep work going? So in a lot of cases, uh, uh, I, I want to differentiate um, between innovation as in doing the same thing, but in a different way versus uh, doing something totally new. Uh, and uh, so I wind up seeing businesses kind of in three categories, not innovating, in which case that, you know, they're not doing all that well, or they are innovating or uh, in the sense of doing a better job of outreach and interacting with clients. Um, but the, the third category was the one that I found most interesting, which was, uh, you know, new products and services that they didn't do before. I think the one of the best examples is the uh, chain Panera, which mm -hmm. is a food chain for those who uh, aren't fortunate to have one near them. And uh, they have very good different types of uh, offerings that they had. But during the early stages of the pandemic, they wound up offering things that people couldn't get, like fresh eggs. Yeah. So they actually turned themselves into a mini grocery mart where you could drive up and buy pastries or you could buy sandwiches. But at the same time, you could actually just buy eggs and milk from them. Right. And um, which was a real help for people uh, who couldn't go to the grocery, were afraid to go out, and here they could just get it through the drive through. Uh, I thought that was a, a great example of going beyond just innovating, but to think about a whole new service that they were offering that was outside of just reaching out to customers or you know having now a convenient drive through on something where you used to have to walk in. And, and I've seen that with a lot of companies, uh, particularly in the retail area where, where new things are being offered, new services are being supported so that um, there's more and more reasons to go back to these uh, companies and um, take advantage of their offerings. I'll also say that some of that has been going on in the past. So for example, you can walk into pharmacy and get your flu shot. Now you can get your COVID shot, but you know, the pharmacy's at the back of the store and you've got to go past the candy bars, which for me is pretty much the kiss of death. So, uh, you know, they, they get me buying something, even though I'm really going in to get a flu shot that is covered by my, my insurance. They're not making a whole lot of money. I'm not spending any money uh, on my way back to the pharmacy. But, you know, to make up for the, the severe pain of getting that flu shot, I, 
I need to medicate myself with the chocolate bar. Of course. Well, and that, and I think that's um, kind of one of the core definitions of, of innovation too, right? Is they're just adapting that, like the Panera example is great, adapting the supply chain that they've, and those industry partnerships they already have in place, but just looking at, there's this immediately emerging customer need that's not getting met or just can't get met anywhere else. So very interesting, Chuck. Do you see any of this sustaining, um, fundamentally altering the way people, companies are working? I do in a number of ways, uh, uh, but uh, I'm going to also point out that for other industries and services, there's pretty much no change and um, it's going to cause ripple effects. As an example, uh, I used to be in New York uh, a couple of times a month, New York, DC, uh, up and down the East Coast doing depositions, uh, attending meetings, things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, for those who don't know me, uh, I live in San Antonio, Texas, so uh, I'm a long way away, but that, but it was easy to get to New York and DC, and so I'd be up there frequently. Now, I haven't been outside of state of Texas for a year and some odd months uh, because everything is being done online. My interactions with people are being done online. Um, I uh, participate in a lot more conference calls. We do things over the phone. Um, and I think people are seeing, particularly uh, clients, uh, are seeing that there are huge savings. That, you know, They're not having to pay for uh, my physical presence someplace or a physical presence of my, my staff. So that's going to make a, a big change and it's going to reduce the expenses for uh, these companies. So for some companies, there is a uh, definitely... Uh, a different way to work. And I don't think, I, I think that'll just continue. I think the um, pandemic brought about some change that was going to occur anyway, uh, but it was going to occur slowly. Mm -hmm. Now the question is, um, what does a savvy company do to forecast future change like that? So for example, uh, the Cisco company, which uh, also, you know, which offers online services and has been offering online services since the late 90s, they have a war room. And it seems when you're talking to people like you're in the same room with them. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that that'll be the next big innovation and it'll allow people to be much more interactive than they currently are, where you are thinking that you are uh, dealing with this box here and then this box here and this box here. So, for example, while we're talking, Teresa, I'm looking at you in a little box, you know, above the box where I am on the screen. But that's not the that I don't think that that's going to happen in the future, or I don't think it's going to continue into the future. I think that all these companies will innovate and offer better services that will allow you to in, interact more. And part of the advantage of that is also going to be that uh, you'll have um, much more in-depth discussions with clients if you're offering a service mm -hmm. uh, or if you are speaking with your own staff it'll give you much better opportunities for training so there um, i'd say that that the pandemic has led to some changes but what the but what people really should learn is wow if this change occurred in this short amount of time what can we look forward to in the future that i could plan for 
-hmm. and think about so that I can take advantage of these changes and build it into my expectation and my investment for the future. I would also point out that there are some companies that are suffering. So airlines, you know, relied, um, I, I was one of Delta's best customers. And now I haven't been on Delta for a year and a half. It used to be uh, at the diamond level uh, in terms of traveling. So I'd get on the plane and lots of times people knew my name uh, because they, they saw me every other week. You know, it was nice having all these friends at Delta, but the problem is, is that now I don't do business travel. I don't have an expectation of doing business travel anytime in the near future. And I can't be the only one. Right. I'm thinking that all the airlines are going to be suffering because of fewer business customers, which was their bread and butter. And it's not just the airlines. Amtrak, which had a lot of movement of people between, well, in the Northeast corridor, um, that's going to be cut back for the same reasons. Uh, hotels, I, I, living in San Antonio, we rely a lot on tourism because of the river walk and people have, you know, sports events and other types of things. Uh, that's going to be cut back. And part of that is because of the cutback on conferences. People realize that they don't have to be physically present at, at a conference to hear a presentation. So there are going to be a lot more virtual conferences which again is going to build one sector of the economy, but it's really going to devastate a lot of hotels. Las Vegas will will suffer, but they will probably innovate faster than anybody. So the, the idea is, is that again, they're going to be, there are some companies that are benefiting from this, but um, they're doing so while other companies are uh, really struggling and having to retool and rethink their business models. So while we talk about how uh, the pandemic has brought a, about a lot of positive change. I do think that there's also going to be a fair amount of upheaval. Thank you to Dr. Charles Cowan for speaking with us today, and a special thanks to our listeners. At IMS, we're trusted to deliver integrated trial services for the most influential global firms. It's been our privilege to serve our clients on more than 20,000 cases and over 2,000 trials. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and join us next time on the IMS Insights Podcast.